Hey guys, and welcome to week three of the Spring 2021 Cultivate podcast, going through the book of Romans. My name's Landon, and I'm here with my friend Rachel. Hey guys. Back to back weeks, same host, <laughs> same uh, same guest, so a little continuity for you all here. Yes. Uh, last that. week, Rachel was talking a little bit about human sin and the law, the tough stuff. Uh, so it was only right that she got to come back and bring us the good news. Yes. <laughs> uh, so hopefully we're kind of settling into Romans, settling into um, this book, kind of getting used to Paul's language and everything. Uh, but I'm going to let Rachel kind of set the scene for us, give us a little, uh, just kind of let us know where we're at in this timeline of mm-hmm. uh, the book of Romans. So Rachel, take it away. Mm-hmm. Great. So last week we introduced you to this timeline that kind of helps us see where we are at in Romans. We called it a roadmap so that we can see where we're going as we move through um, the book of Romans this semester. And so last week was a little dreary and I'm glad I'm back this week for the happy part and the exciting part. So last week we talked about human sin and we really encouraged confession in your groups last week. And so I would love it even before you even start this week to just like hit back at that and um, be intentional about asking one another how that went for you and um, just like support one another and accountability through that. And to also encourage one another into this week because we get the answer of sin this week, Jesus Christ. So this is just going to be a nice little bookend to that little um, lesson we did last week. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, uh, it's so easy when we are studying through a book of scripture where we kind of play along with whatever's happening. So like, you know, in the human sin weeks, we get really down on ourselves. And then like the answer weeks, we're like, everything's great. When like, really, <laughs> I think we need to be practicing like confession and celebration every single week. Yes. Uh, and so if there's something you need to confess this week at group, do it. Yeah. Because uh, that is the Christian life and that is group. Um, but yeah, so we're moving into this uh, answer and it's actually a pretty long answer. This is going to go <laughs> all the way up through Romans 8. So we're going to be uh, talking about the good news for a while. Um, but tell me about this answer. Tell me about this exciting thing that we've been been looking forward to. Right. So the answer, like we said, is Jesus. And um, maybe you have heard about Jesus a lot. Maybe you haven't. Um, and if you haven't, I just want to encourage you to not be afraid to ask questions because this is just like the heart of the faith, um, understanding this principle of who Jesus is and why he did what he did. And so if you have questions, ask questions, ask your leaders, it, leaders, if you don't know all the answers, take them to staff. Like we want to talk about this because this is the gospel and we want everyone to fully know um, just this good news that we have and that available to us. Um, so when we talk about Jesus, we also we often talk about the word atonement. And so maybe you've heard it and you don't know what it is. Maybe you've never heard that word before, but atonement is basically just a fancy way of saying that Jesus Christ um, died on the cross and paid for our sins so that we no longer owed a debt for our sins. Um, and so when we think about sin, we talked about it a lot last week, but again, it's missing the mark. It's disobedience to God. And we all contribute to the evil of the world. We sometimes will think of evil and it's just the things happening around us, but we humans, as Paul reiterated over and over in the past couple past couple chapters, we contribute to that evil. And so there needed to be an answer to that sin. And so Christ was God's plan of salvation for us to um, be paid the debt, um, not on ourselves, but through Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, amen. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the gospel right there. And I think that's uh, such an important truth and such an important thing um, just to understand if you are new to the faith, uh, 
if you don't even know who Jesus is, like Rachel was talking about, um, I think it can be really easy to get lost in just uh, religion and doctrine mm-hmm. and all of that. And those things have their place and they're important. Um, but if we don't understand the life of Christ and who yes. he is, um, then we're in trouble, whether we don't know Christ at all or whether we uh, claim to know Christ. Um, I think this is a good week for both. Um, those who are just kind of starting out and wanting to know more about who is Jesus, what does Jesus mean for me? Um, But then also for those of us uh, who call ourselves Christians and have for a while, I think this can challenge um, just our, you know, the ways that we evangelize to others and making sure that we have a a good understanding of the gospel Mm -hmm. to share with others. Yes, that is, yes. So um, talking about this idea of atonement, talking about how, Jesus has died. He's covered our sins, um, given us the gift that we couldn't deserve. Uh, and that's very different from what we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the law. Um, and this would have been something that um, Paul's audience would have been very familiar with. Uh, mm-hmm. It was kind of the uh, rule book of the faith um, would have been um, maybe their answer. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they would have called that the answer before Christ. Um, obviously, they were awaiting the Messiah. Um, but in terms of figuring out uh, how do I live the life of faith? What does it look like um, to call myself a Jew? Um, the answer would have been the law. So how is the answer of Jesus different than the answer of the law? Okay, great question. So oftentimes we even like separate, okay, well, the law is the Old Testament and Jesus is the New Testament. Right. But Those are two completely separate things, yes. right? Oh, like no, no, no. They're not connected no. at all? We oh. often compartmentalize those two things into those two Testaments, but really Jesus fulfills the law. I think we talked about this a little last week. And so if we repeat this week, like I said last week, it's because it's important. So really just like get it into your mind we as we repetition. repeat. Yes, repetition is always just so helpful when we are learning things, especially about Jesus. So Jesus is the fulfillment of that law that God gave because Jesus is God. Like Jesus was present um, at the giving of this law. Paul talks about Abraham because Jesus in this plan of salvation has been present and in the books since the times of Abraham, Jesus was present at creation. He was there during the fall. So this plan of salvation has been ready to go since the beginning of time. And so like the law was given in the Old Testament as a way for the ancient Israelites to live in obedience to Yahweh, who, which is God's name that he gave them to call him. Mm-hmm. And Jesus then is the fulfillment that has been prophesied for many, within many books of the Old Testament. Jesus is the fulfillment of that. And so Jesus doesn't cancel the law. Yeah. He just fulfills it and brings an even better path to salvation because in the past it was about your work. So the Jews focused on what they were doing as a means for salvation. And now Paul's saying, no, it's by faith in Jesus because he did all the work that you couldn't do for the salvation. Yeah. I think there's such a difference between, you know, we see in the old Testament where, you know, the law is given to Moses or the law is given through whoever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of coming secondhand from God. Um, And that's good, but there's a big difference between that and God incarnate yes. and Jesus coming in the flesh, um, you know, and God being, you know, and Jesus being the only one through which uh, God's nature is revealed. Uh, and so that's an answer that gives us an even clearer picture of who God is mm-hmm. uh, and gives us yeah. um, even more freedom and even more understanding of what life with God looks like. Yeah. And God even used like the understandings within the law 
like what was presented in the law, Jesus made an even better, you know? Yeah. Like in the um, Old Testament, they there were animal sacrifices. So oftentimes we'll like skip over those parts because we're like, what is that? But that was the way that the ancient Israelites atoned for their sin. So the animal was taking the place of the death that they were supposed to incur because of their sin. And now Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice so that we no longer have to like place an animal in our place for um, to the atonement of our sins. Jesus did that. And so there's no longer a need to be atoned because Jesus did the full atonement fully, you know, like, yeah. I think that's so important to understand like Christ as the sacrificial lamb. Yes. Um, because I think that there's something in the sac- Old Testament sacrifice of animals that shows the weight that sin held, mm-hmm. right? And their understanding of their need for forgiveness. And so we talked a lot about that last week. Um, but I think that if we don't have a proper understanding of like just the weight of our sin and the need for atonement, mm-hmm. as they clearly did in the Old Testament, then we can just kind of gloss over like, yeah, of course I'm forgiven by Jesus. But I think we need to understand um, somewhat just like our depravity and mm-hmm. our need um, for his atonement. And so I think if we don't, uh, if we don't understand how bad we need the answer, then the answer isn't as good. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I think we did some of that heavy lifting last week to yes. get to the good news. And so it really, you know, hits different. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the Jews have been, like you said, um, practicing the law. They've been awaiting um, this Messiah who has come in Christ. who has been prophesied for years. Um, so this new answer of Jesus, is that just for the Jews or is this for more people? Hmm, that's a great question. And I think that's a huge thing that Paul is trying to address in this letter. Like last week, we talked about one of Paul's main reasons for writing this letter was to form unity in the Roman church because they were split between the Jews and the Gentiles, the Jews who believed that the Gentiles should be living by the law, but the Jews were not even living it by it themselves, like we talked about. And the Gentiles um, had this like perspective of like evangelized perspective from the life of Jesus. And so Paul's coming in and um, trying to bring unity between those things and saying, no, the gospel of Jesus is for everyone. Um, In the Old Testament, the Jews believed that they were, well, they were told they are the chosen people of God. And so if you were the descendant of um, the people of Yahweh, you were in God's chosen people. But now all of a sudden that's being opened up to everyone. And um, so I think it was hard for the Jews to just like, make that turn something that was for, for sure. them into something that's for everyone. And so Paul is trying to hit like, this is for Jew and Gentile. Um, so a big theme in this week's groups will be thinking about um, just the universal universality of the gospel. Like it is for all nation, all nations, every ethnicity, both genders, like it is for everyone. And no one is excluded. Yeah. And that's just such a glorious truth. I think so so important for us to hear right here, right now. I think it's, I don't know, it makes sense in some Mm -hmm. ways um, why the Jews would struggle with this. I mean, they've literally been called God's people for, you know, hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so to be told, uh, no, now the door's open to everybody. uh, I think it just kind (laughs) of. I mean, I don't know, like, you know, when you're a little kid and you have your toys, you don't want to share your toys, yeah, you know, when they're the yours. Yeah, brother or s- sister comes right. in. Yeah. yeah, or like, I don't know. I mean, we, we have, um, whether it's just like our little um, core groups of friends or mm-hmm. um, different possessions, we kind of tend to want to hold on to our things to be, I think we live in a world that's much more exclusive yeah. than inclusive. Uh, and that would have, that's true now. And that's, that would have been true 
at the time that Paul is writing this. And so I think he, uh, this is a very countercultural message. And I think yeah. that it's important not to miss that. Um, so maybe we can kind of get into just uh, what this looks like for um, us now. Yeah. Um, how, you know, like what ways are we living a life of uh, exclusivity when it comes to Jesus Christ and the gospel and how can we move to be more inclusive? Yeah. So like you're saying, Landon, God is a God of inclusivity. He desires the salvation of all people. He desires the salvation of all nations. When we look at campus, he desires the salvation of every single person on campus. And sometimes we have like these judgments or like bitterness even towards certain groups or individuals um, around us. And I think a really important way that we can practically um, talk about this in group and live this out is identifying some of those groups or individuals that we are struggling with bitterness towards and even being in prayer and transitioning our hearts more outward. That this isn't my core group for the people who are there. This is my core group for anyone who wants to come in and join us. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I think that um, this all kind of ties together in a way because we think, I talked earlier about how um, we need to understand our need for Christ's mm-hmm. atonement. Yeah. And I think that where we can kind of get into our pride, especially as people who maybe have grown up in the faith or mm-hmm. um, view ourselves on like the inside Um, we start to believe that maybe because of uh, our good works or because we've been around church or we've been doing all the good Christian things that for some reason we deserve Christ's atonement. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we get, I think the breakdown between like there's us who, you know, church people who have done good things and have deserved Christ's atonement and the others right Mm -hmm. on the outside um, who for some reason we have chosen to exclude and say, Oh no, you know, I am worthy of Christ's atonement because I'm, you know, Mm-hmm. good when uh, this person is not. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And so I think there needs to be some of that internal work where we're like, wait, I haven't done anything yeah. of my own accord to deserve uh, Christ's atonement. So what have, what? who am I mm-hmm. to say that someone else doesn't deserve it? Um, so I just think that's kind of how, um, how the enemy kind of plays yeah. tricks on our hearts and kind of um, just creates them calloused uh, to those outside. I mean, I think about the story of like the prodigal son mm-hmm. uh, and this is kind of the, just that older brother figure who never left the house. Yeah. Um, and for some reason feels like, you know, he's entitled to something and isn't as excited when this younger brother turns home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we need to move into a place where uh, we understand our need for Jesus and, Uh, also understand everyone else's need for Jesus. And I think that will move us um, to a place of inclusivity rather than exclusivity. Yeah, that's probably what the Jews were thinking a lot of the time when they were following the law. They're like, I've been keeping the Sabbath and I have been abiding by these laws of purity and cleansing and sacrifice. So why is it that these Gentiles all of a sudden just get freely, are just given freely what, I've been trying to earn, you know, and that's just hard to face. I think that's why Jesus had the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Um, the That's the parable where um, there's this man and he has this vineyard and he's hiring work for people to come um, for a wage. And he had some people come in the early morning and then there were people coming all throughout the day, some people in the later evening. So then whenever the workers came to get their payment, 
they all got the same wage for the day's work, even though some people came earlier, some people came later. And Jesus um, kind of like showed how that's like the kingdom of heaven. Like some people will come earlier, some people will come later in their life, but they all get are given the same wage, the same gift yeah. um, of salvation. Yeah, I think that so much in our culture, it's like, you earn what you work for, right? Yeah. And so like, whatever you do earns what you get. And mm-hmm. so when we get into that mindset, we can figure out, well, it's not fair if this is just given to someone when they haven't worked for it. Yeah. Um, but while God is just, he's also extravagant mm-hmm. and he wants to, um, you know, lavish his love to all yeah. people. And so I think that it, we have to kind of rework our minds from um, maybe the mindset of our culture to, um mm-hmm just the extravagant open heart of Christ. Yeah. Um, That's Paul's point. Like um, we are given faith. Well, we are given um, this gift of eternal life through our faith, through our faith in Jesus Christ, not our works. And we'll hear that a lot in Romans. It's not our works. It's not our works. And of course, I think we said this last week, that doesn't mean that our works are nothing. Like James would say very much otherwise that um, a faith without works is useless because works come out of our faith, but our works are not the means for attaining our faith. Yeah, for sure. And so I think having that understanding for us and then, um, man, I'm even reminded of um, this story that David told to staff the other day. I think he shared it with a few students as well of um, just this uh, atheist who encountered a uh, Christian on a plane. And uh, this Christian was very adamant about like sharing Christ and how you need to like, you know, give your life to Christ. And um, I forget who this atheist was, but I guess he had some sort of like platform on Mm -hmm. YouTube. And like he came up and he was like, uh, you know, you'd expect me to come on here and like rag on this Christian and make fun of him for, um, you know, trying to share about Jesus. Cause like, obviously I don't personally believe in Jesus, but he's like, I respect that Christian more than 99% of other Christians Mm -hmm. because um, he said something to the effect of, you know, if you actually believe that the end game of all this is if I don't believe in Jesus, that I'm going to die and go to hell, then how much do you have to hate me to not tell me about Jesus? Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's, you know, where we're talking about this culture of exclusivity mm-hmm. uh, and where our pride gets us to not want to share a gospel with a certain, maybe it's an individual for you. Maybe it's a certain type of people group. Uh, and maybe we need to do some of that work in groups this week to kind of do some of that internal work and figure out what those groups are and why that's happening. Um, but yeah, I think that we have to understand uh, that if we truly believe that uh, Jesus Christ is the atonement, is the end all be all of all things, then um, we, should we, need, be we should be sharing that with sharing people. It. Like this, yeah. that this week is an exciting week. Like we should be pumped to talk about this answer because we are all, every single one of our of us in our core groups, our shift groups, we are all in need of this answer. And that all, there is also a second point of reflection that, everyone around us is in need of this answer. Like all the people who sit next to you in class, um, who are in a club with you, family, everyone is in need of this answer. And despite the fact that none of us are worthy of it, um, Romans, I think it's verses 23 and 24 of chapter three that we are reading this week. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned and we all Um, fall short of that glory. And a lot of times, a lot of people memorize that verse, but then they don't memorize verse 24, which then says, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Like that is the most exciting part, yet we memorize the 
condemnation part of it and not the part where we are justified freely. And just to reiterate, it says all have sinned and all are justified. And that includes all nations, all people groups, all classes, everyone. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's the, that's the invitation, right? Yes. After group this week is to, to memorize not just verse 23, but also verse 24. Yeah. And also just an additional challenge. And maybe this is my final thought. I don't know where we're at on our little um, timeline, but maybe it's also sitting in prayer of the people in your life who you think of that you're like, you know what, I could start praying about opportunities to share the light of Jesus to this person. Um, We talked about last week how our ancient call since the ancient Israelites has been to be a light in the world. And we are called to bring that light to others because Jesus was the ultimate light. And He shared such a amazing light that the Holy Spirit just continues to set on fire in us. And so Holy Spirit guide us to the people who are maybe just like more receptive to receiving this light right now. Like who can I reach out to in the next couple of weeks? Yeah. So, you know, who, who needs it? And then also maybe, you know, what relationships do I need to kind of yeah. break down some of those, um, you know, that my heart toward exclusion, yeah. you know, who do I not want the gospel for? Yeah. Um, that's another question that, you know, David kind of challenged us with. That and then, is a hard question to answer because if you, when you think about it, it's like, oh my gosh, like, are there people who I ex- exclude and haven't yeah. even realized? And I think it's more difficult when it's in the abstract and it's like the yeah. big group of people, but, you know, maybe even start praying that an individual mm-hmm. from that group, from that culture, whatever it is for you, um, maybe you already had that relationship. Um, maybe that relationship is part of why you're feeling feelings of exclusivity. Um, but maybe that's where God's leading you. And maybe it's working on that relationship mm-hmm. um, this week or praying that that relationship would show up in your life um, mm-hmm. to kind of work through things. Cause I think when we get to know people on an individual basis, um, mm-hmm. we start to gain Jesus's yeah. heart for inclusivity. Yeah. And um Sometimes we'll hear the words evangelism and we're like, I'm not doing that. That sounds terrifying. But so much of evangelism is also inviting people into your life. Um, We've been reading this book as a staff that talked about um, belonging before believing. Like a lot of people belong to a community before they believe. And that doesn't mean that you never evangelize and tell people just on spontaneously the um, gospel of the Holy Spirit leads you, but um, invitation to synergy to your group. That is such a huge way um, of also um, fighting against exclusivity and in, um, seeking inclusivity in your life. Yeah. And this stuff happens, you know, in community, in groups. Um, yes. I think we need to kind of, you know, take this journey, not just as individuals, but as an entire CSF community yeah. um, to just become, a place of inclusivity. I think we already are. And I think that uh, Christ is always calling us deeper to be more inclusive. And so um, I'm excited to see just what happens in our group this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we finish this podcast, something you all may already know about Rachel, or if you don't need to know about Rachel, is she's a huge Harry Potter fan. <gasps> And I forgot to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> so Rachel has this little analogy. So say we were talking about atonement earlier, right? Yeah. And people are just like really struggling to understand it and they just need an analogy. 
Is there anything that the world of Harry Potter can give us to maybe yes, shed light on the, the subject? the whole culmination of the series can help us understand Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, this everyone. is a spoiler alert. So if you haven't finished the whole Harry Potter series, but honestly, yeah, you, by if, now you should have. But if, if you, you haven't, haven't, stop now. Yeah, have a so, great week of group. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. Have a great group. But um, the culmination of Harry Potter just shows the gospel. Obviously, any metaphor isn't perfect. So... Don't quote me that Harry Potter is the gospel, but it can show a really cool light of what Jesus did for us. Because um, if you are a Harry Potter fan like myself in the Deathly Hallows, like Harry had to defeat the ultimate evil, Lord Voldemort. I said his name, but I'll just say he who must not be named. That's good. That's good. Um, Play it safe. (laughs) And Harry learns at the end of that book that he must die in order for this battle of evil to come to an end. And that's the Bible, like evil entered into the world and God had a plan for evil to come to an end. And that's where he sent Jesus to die in the place of us so that evil could be conquered and that death would have no hold on us anymore. And so Harry learns this from the pensive by watching Snape's memories. We can have a debate later if Snape is actually redeemed in these books. (laughs) I have a hot debate about that. Um, But Harry learns that he must die because he is carrying carrying a fragment of Lord Voldemort's soul since childhood. And so he goes into the forest so that he will die as a sacrifice of himself instead of the wizarding world and the muggle world. Um, And there he doesn't die because in his blood, he was holding the sacrificial love of his mother and his blood. And it's kind of like the sacrificial blood of Jesus um, from God incarnate, you know, like it was just like this protection for Harry. He didn't die and he came back and ended evil for good. At least the evil of Lord Voldemort. Yep. This is where the metaphor isn't perfect. <laughs> um, and so even though Voldemort thought he was killing the chosen one again, He didn't. He actually was sent to his own demise. And that's kind of like the enemy. Like he thought that he Yeah, you thought, Satan. Yeah, he thought. It's like Kurt Vernon's song, The Three Best Days of the Devil's Life, for those three days when Jesus was in the ground before he was resurrected. And, you know, he came back and um, just overcame evil for the world so that we are no longer bound um, to the sin. And so I just love, I've been trying, I've been on curriculum for a couple of years and this is the first time I've finally been able to plug Harry Potter into what we're talking about. And I'm just so excited about it. There it is. Your life's work is complete. Um, yeah, check. Yeah, I think that's, that's awesome. I think that the way that you're talking about like Harry carrying his mother's sacrificial love with him mm-hmm. um, in the same way through Christ's atonement, we are just covered in the blood of Christ. Yeah. And um through that and through his spirit, we uh, have, you know, power over death Mm -hmm. itself and power over evil and can be co-laborers in Christ um, with making this world a more inclusive place than a place that looks more like his kingdom until Mm -hmm. his kingdom finally comes because the victory has been won. Yeah. Um, So let's rejoice in that truth together. Um, Let's take some time to really um, reflect on our own hearts and see how we can um, have the kingdom come in our own lives and the lives of and the people and communities around us. That's so good, Landon. Sweet. Have a great week of group, guys. We'll be back next week with week four, um, continuing to share about the good news of Christ that Paul is sharing with us in the book of Romans. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.